The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today I am joined by one of my dear friends, Vincent Jenna, back again to discuss relationship harmony. This is going to be so much fun. Vincent, I am so glad to see you again, my friend. Oh, well, Christy, it's always great to be here. You know, no matter how many times it is, it's wonderful. The more, the better. The more, the better. And I love your background. Like that? Well, since we were talking about relationships, I figured I'd get the love theme going. You know, the heart and all of that, because don't we associate all of that? It looks like a Valentine's Day scene. As a matter of fact, it is a Valentine's Day scene, because it, Valentine's Day is all about love and relationship. Right. And not just with others, with yourself. We'll talk about that. I like that. Now, I wonder why the the hearts that look like this have come to be associated with love when the heart, real heart, doesn't look anything like that. You know what? If Can you imagine eating a candy heart that is in the real shape of a human heart with the valves on both ends and the arteries going through it. And you're going, Ooh, yum. Just love it. So it's part of the inspirational thought of, well, just let's make it full like that. Doesn't that mean something? Uh, And the funny thing about that is you've got to understand that anything we create here is because it's been created before. So that image of the heart existed way before Valentine created it. You know, St. Valentine, and then he became St. Valentine, the patron saint of love. So that's where it came from. But that was there a long time ago. Interesting that now it is firmly ensconced in our symbology. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. We love symbols. We love symbols. Not to make it, uh, it, it, it makes a great card, right? You open it up. How many times have we folded paper up, right? Fold it, fold it, fold it. And you snip and you're cutting and you're cutting and you're cutting. And then you cut on one side, just a little piece, a little curve, a little corner. And you open it up and it's this lacy heart. So it makes for nice cards and pretty decorations. Look at how pretty that is. It, it's better than an elephant tusk or or um, nose, right? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. And then we can make little hearts with our hands, with our friends, too. That's right. I absolutely think that that's the whole reason for it, so that we can go like this sometime in the future, and we can go rather than this, you know? Now we've got this. <laughs> Mm, right love oh i love that but most of the time unfortunately christy we got this yeah absolutely and 
That's what I was wanting to talk to you about. Yeah, what is up with relationships these days? Oh, right? well, you know, oh, you'll hear, oh, my dog is going to want to chime in on this because he's all about relationships. He loves people so much. He's a lover. He's a lover. Don't be surprised if he comes up here, joins me. He's got to lick me all over the place as soon as I start talking about love. And then he goes back down again. Well, here's the problem, Christy. I'm going to back that up with a different kind of answer. So instead of answering what's up with relationship love, I'm going to ask what's up with self-love? Because that is what's causing the problem with relationship love. It's all connected together. It starts from us. It begins with us. It even ends with us. It's all about us because that's what we attract. And that's the problem because people are not consciously, consciously now they think, They're attempting to attract good love, right love, the right partner, you know, my knight in shining armor, my princess in the castle. But deep down inside, they don't believe they're going to attract that. Not truly. Because they don't believe they're lovable. They don't have a romance and love with themselves. So how can we expect that to extend into the external world, right? Right, absolutely, right? Because if we're talking strictly from a law of attraction standpoint, we've got to have this in us in order to be able to attract that. That's right. How many times have we been in a relationship with someone who does not value themselves, who does not love themselves. It is so evident and apparent. And uh, that type of relationship is not going to last very long. It's not. But here's the funny thing about that, Christy, and I'm so glad that you bring that up. When you find you're in that kind of relationship, like I just said, it has all to do with you. Like attracts like. It's one of the myths that I bust all the time is the concept that opposites attract. No, they don't. It's They have opposite personality styles. I mean, because for the most part, if there's male, there's female, they're going to have two different types of personality styles. Even if it's the same gender, they're still going to have different personality styles. So that's why we got the concept of opposites attract. And also we attract to help fulfill our emotional needs. Now I'll talk about that momentarily, but for the most part, when we put energy out there, we're going to attract what's inside here, your self-belief. If you believe in that you're lovable, you might attract, you will attract somebody who also believes he or she is lovable. And now you've got a wonderful relationship going on. But if there's anything less than that, there is also an unconscious expectation that it's not going to last. It's not going to work. So this is how it just to lay it out for the listeners. So you understand this, but I want to lay it out for the listeners. So here you grow up and you become a young adult. Sometimes it's a little earlier than than the young adulthood. But say you're a young adult or even an adult and you're sitting there going, "Okay, I want a really good relationship. You know, maybe we'll get together. You know, maybe we'll have a family. But I know I want somebody who's going to love me, who I can share with, who's funny. We get along great, right? That's your conscious mind thinking that because you know that that's what's out there, what you should have. But before that energy is released from you into the universe, before you even know it, there is another voice going on. There is that inner deep down voice of the little person inside of you, the one who maybe did not go through the greatest upbringing, the one who received negative messages from the environment, right? So now you've got that voice, and before you release this energy, the deep down voice goes, well, you're not lovable, you're not good enough, And even if somebody likes you, it's not going to last because that's who you are. Now that's released into the universe and that's floating around the cosmos, 
and the ethos, and that's out there. And all of a sudden, because like attracts like, there's another energy going by that said the exact same thing to himself or herself. Smack, oh my gosh, they meet up because the energy is alike. It's not like po the poles of the North Pole and the South Pole, like a magnet that pushes it apart. That's a different form of energy. That's a physical energy. But the emotional energy is like attracts like. So now those two energies meet. And there's a chance meeting down on the face of the earth, wherever it is. A friend introduces you to somebody. Um, you're out randomly at the store and bump into somebody and something happens. Nothing is random. Right. That attraction occurs. Now, the courtship phase steps in first. If you know anything about the psychology of dating, there's a courtship phase. It goes through phases. And everybody is on their best. Right. And they're treating each other nice. And the guy goes and he gets you a rose, you know, and the girl is complimenting you. on I've never been with somebody like you. You make me feel so good. And wonderful things are going on with each other during that time because everybody's watching his and her PDQs. You know, I'm going to be really careful here without knowing they're doing that. But that's what happens. Then some time goes by. And they settle into the relationship, and now they become themselves. Themselves who don't believe they're lovable. Themselves who believe this isn't going to last. And now all of a sudden, arguments ensue. Conflict. Difference of opinion. And now people are protecting themselves because buttons are being pushed from a past. And now you're arguing with each other. And now he's an idiot. She's a you-know-what. Um, whatever the case may be, we're not getting along. It's always the other person because defense mechanisms step in. Boom, this is not a good relationship. It breaks apart. It doesn't even have to go like that. It could be an illness. Oh, my gosh, I get into a relationship. She's sick. Oh, my gosh, she's going to die. Oh, my gosh, she's gone. Holy cow, I loved her. I miss her. It doesn't matter how it ends. Right. It's the expectation that it would end because of that inner voice. That is the process. And, of course... There is no timeline as to how long that takes. Some people are together for 30 years before it breaks apart. Some people are together for 10 minutes. But if there's that expectation, it will occur. And for those who are together even longer, the only reason why they, like my parents, for example, never should have stayed together. But back in the old days, nobody got divorced. You just tolerated each other. Right. Not loved each other, tolerated. This day and age, nobody has any tolerance. The moment it gets, you have an argument, that's it, boom, bingo, right? I'm going out the door. You can't talk to me that way. And so it's still reflective of how you're feeling and dealing with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if everybody is on guard, ready, waiting. Okay, when is he going to say something stupid? When is she going to act wrong? I know, when is he going to have an affair or go look at somebody else? Oh my gosh. You know, she, she wants to take control. He wants to take control. Whatever, that's what we set up for ourselves. And that's why they don't last. And that's the expectation. That's exactly what winds up happening. Oh, my goodness. Well, now, you're in a very successful relationship and have been for decades. Yes, 48 years my wife and I have been together. Amazing. On July 9th, we're going to be celebrating 43 years of marriage, but we always take in some from when we started dating because that's when the marriage really occurred. Right. And there's only one thing that makes that work and continues to work. Right. We both work on ourselves, self-improvement, self-love, continuously, but together. So when I was a psychotherapist and couples used to come in for therapy, all right, for the most part, the reason why they wanted to come in is so one partner can complain about the other partner and wait for me to tell them that they were right, no matter which partner it was. You know, the guy with the guy, the guy with the girl, the girl with the girl, the girl with the guy didn't make a difference. It was always the other person who was wrong. 
and they wanted to hear that. That's not the couple therapy that I do. I didn't even do the new type, learn how to communicate and learn how to listen. So in other words, a couple would be there and inevitably you'd be teaching each of them, okay, now when she starts sharing her feelings, you listen and you respond with, I hear what you're saying. Now reflect back to her in your words what you just heard so she knows that you understand what she just said. And you know what, you know how long that takes? <laughs> it lasts five minutes after they leave the office because there's no human that can deal with life that way. Emotions kick in and you, and it causes a response. So therefore sure. you have to work on a deeper level, not after and the emotional level, because it's not going to work on that level. You've got to stop the reason why it's becoming emotional like that to start with the, the now that is actually stopped. I haven't heard therapists talk about um, teaching them active listening skills. So each couple can reflect back because it's hysterical. The moment I hear somebody turn around and say, what I hear you saying is I know they've been through therapy. And I know that they got those lessons, you know, oh, really? That's how you talk. What I hear you saying is you don't have to tell me that you've heard me and you're understanding. Just listen. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have to reflect that back to me. You're doing that intellectually. It doesn't mean that you're listening with your heart. Right. The, this is where I got deep with my clients. And I said, listen. The best way to work on the couple relationship is each of you have your own pains and your own stories from your own childhoods and they've caused scars and they keep you even as an adult from moving forward the way you really meant to. What's happening in the discourse between your couple relationship is proof of that. Because the most natural thing on the face of the earth is love and relationships. They happen by themselves. We're social beings. We want relationships. We were put on the earth together to have relationships. So therefore, if there's discourse in the most natural thing on this planet, it has nothing to do with that thing. It has nothing to do with the relationship. It has to do with something else. That's the inside of each person in that relationship. So now you're going to work on you and, and start paying attention to some of the feelings you have about yourself. You're going to work on you and do the same thing, but you're going to do it together. So go get a book of self-help book, a spiritual journey book, read a chapter in it together right. and talk about it. What is it making you feel? Take a lecture together, go to a spiritual center together, watch a movie together and talk about it. That's all my wife and I did. The moment I had my spiritual awakening, we did nothing but listen to the material, apply it to ourselves, but we did it together and talked about how it made us feel. It, we can help each other that way too, because they were listening to something about self-criticism, right? And we're sitting there and we're going, no, I don't think I'm really self-critical. Honey, but, but you're, you're, you know me the best. Do you think that there are times that I am self-critical? Uh, yeah, hon, you know, you know, now talking about that, I have heard you put yourself down or when you turn around and you, you know, you say this or that, or when you turn around and say, my butt looks too fat in those jeans. I mean, you're really critical. You're criticizing yourself. That's how we can help each other in this process. And we go, wow, really? Okay. I'm going to pay attention to that. Thanks for letting me know that. 
And so now you're doing it together and you're not realizing that as you're doing that together, you're bonding deeper and deeper and closer and closer and doing nothing but growing because there's nothing more powerful, Christy, than two people working together to improve the quality of their lives. Nobody does that. They just live. Now they're together and they talk they make plans, they go to movies, they decide to have children, but there's no growth. They're waiting for things to happen. And then they get really surprised when one person is acting abnormally emotional. Why are you so depressed? Why are you so down? Because we want to move forward. We want to grow. And if we put the brakes on and don't allow it to happen, it's going against our natural grain and movement. And something is going to become frictioned and fiery and it comes out and it will come out in the most important thing that can heal that the relationship when it shouldn't be coming out there. Oh my. You know, this is reminding me so much of that beautiful poem by Rumi, and I'm going to butcher it, about growing, you know, the two trees growing parallel to each other, but not in each other's shadow. And then Absolutely. Woody Allen, even, I know Woody Allen's kind of taking a... a I know, know, no, right, 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 right. He's but kind he's of problematic, funny. but he said that a relationship is like a shark. It has to keep moving forward or it's going to die. So I, I think it's this, we're talking Absolutely. the same language. We are talking the same language there. It's got to move forward. And a relationship is meant to move forward together. Now, sometimes as it moves forward, there are different paths that can come up. But here's the difference with that. And, and actually, Neil Donald Walsh in Conversations with God, especially book two, he talks a lot about relationships. And he said, one of the reasons why you don't promise each other anything in a marriage is because you can't. You don't know how the two of you are going to grow later on. It may, you want to stay together, not because you promise to stay together, because you want to and you're choosing to stay together, right? But there could be a time where the both of you realize, hey, listen, we really got a lot out of this relationship. Um, we seem to be in, in, in being pulled apart by going after our dreams, going after some different really desires and wants. So what do you feel? Do you think we should be moving on and moving forward? The way you know you're meant to part is if it's amicable. There are too many people, and, and this, this stuff about too much abuse, that's not how it starts. Nobody walks down the aisle and gives the vows and says, by the way, in three months, I'm going to punch you in the face. Nobody does that because nobody expects that. Men are physical, women are emotional, and when both are unhappy in any way, when you're not moving forward and that energy is backing up, it can very easily come out in some form of abuse, emotionally or physically. Not that that's right, and I'm not condoning it, but what I'm saying, that again, is not natural. Um, unlike what some psychologists will say is that the human is naturally aggressive. Mm -mm. Anthropology has shown and proven that we are peaceful creatures. They have seen and cooperative. Yes. They have seen artifacts of one community and tribe integrated in another tribe's location and theirs vice versa. That shows cooperation and help way before there was killing and battling and wars. Right. That comes afterwards, right? Mm -hmm. And so even in relationships, we are meant to cooperate and get along. And the way you know there's work to be done on yourselves is when that relationship starts suffering. And then you'll come up with any excuse. I'm sorry. For the most part, and, I, and, and look, I was a psychotherapist and a social worker. I know that women have been abused because, because that's what happens. The male is physical, more physical than the woman, and the woman is there, and they get mad, and boom, pow, it's not right. Well, they do the same thing with children. 
you know, women in their own way can be abusive, very emotionally, very can put they they demasculate a man. I mean, we can't we can't forget that either. They can make a man feel so small, right? It, because we're we're beings, we're humans, and we've both been off the path. So neither one is worse than the other, though there would be there would be that argument amongst them that there is, but they're not. It's what's going on inside that matters that needs to be healed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're always going to come back to that. And that's where our wound is going to, to show up in relationship problems. Support for the Radiate Wellness Podcast is made possible in part by listeners like you. Would you like to support this podcast? Visit radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast for more information. Um, you know, something you said a bit ago, Vincent, stuck with me, is that you were talking about how, you know, we grow and we change. I'm sure that you and your, what now, what's your wife's name? Eileen. Eileen. I'm sure you and Eileen are not the same crazy kids who met 48 years ago. You are so different, not even the same people. And so changing and growing together, I think, is the, the key. There's a guaranteed program for that. All right. Here is what is the same about all of us? What would you think it is, Christy? Um, That we have the same desire to thrive, to to love. That's that's definitely one that's on a human element for sure. But something even deeper than that makes us all the same. What is that? What is that? Um. I don't know, Vincent. Where so, you- I know it's. Yeah, I'm just. I'm. I'm putting you on the spot. But the moment I say it, you'll go. Of course. Uh, uh, right. We're all divine beings created from the same source. Well, yeah. All yes. right. Yes. It doesn't make a difference what music you like. It doesn't make a difference what colors you like, what food you like. You're supposed to be experiencing that differently. However. The moment you get on the spiritual path, the differences never matter. It's only the similarities about who you really are as a divine being that matter. So my wife and I, our, our tastes have changed all along the way. Right. But what hasn't changed, a matter of fact, what has grown stronger is our spiritual understanding and nature. And that's what's drawn us closer together because it makes us realize this is the example of what oneness is all about and where we came from. We, I don't want her to be like me. We just bought this house. We have different taste in it. Now, had we had discussions and conflicts about what color we want and what design this we want, right, the human mind can go to a place of self-defense that, well, if I don't get my way, then I'm losing control. That's what the human mind does. And we could have had bad arguments and fought with each other about every single thing we had to choose here. But every time we went to the spiritual element and we even said, does that really matter? What mattered more is, well, what, what, what do you want? What would you like? Yeah. And the funny thing was, she'd say the same thing. And so I was like, wait a minute, I was supposed to say that and you're supposed to pick the color now. And it's like, well, that's okay with me. I don't mind. What color do you really like? I like she, you know, it's always so funny, even picking out the color of our bedroom. You know, of course, you can only have certain colors in the house. But then we had somebody come in before we moved in and paint the whole bedroom, master bathroom type of stuff because we wanted a nice color in there. Right. And so we were definitely, you know, going back and forth. Well, I want something that's a little bit more blue. I want something that's a little bit more aqua. And as we were listening to each other's desires and realizing that the other person's desire mattered more, and we said, well, let's go in your direction. And she said, let's go in your direction. We actually met in a direction that was amazing because after the color was painted, Everything we had purchased or was from our old home 
matched and blended in as if we took it all out to get the color to start with. It was perfect. I'm telling you beyond perfect. It just blended. Every It feels so good. Everybody who comes in goes, oh my God, I love this blue. Oh my God, I love this blue. So was that now, could it have been something horrible because she was intent on, it's got to be my way or I, I was intent on, no, I don't want that because that's what people do. They will purposely defend themselves and dislike what the other person has to say because they feel they're losing control. But when you go to the spiritual aspect of who you want, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Everything turned out perfectly. At first, I wasn't sure whether the lamps in the house, we got new pendants and chandelier. And I'm like, I know what she wanted. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I like that or... And then the more I looked at it, you know, well, she likes that a lot. I guess I can like that. I can like that. All right, let's go with that. Not only was it a beautiful choice, but because of what they are and where they're hanging, at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the light is right by the major window coming through, going through all the crystals and projecting rainbows in the entire house that is magnificent, on the walls, on the floors, and you see the rainbows move as the sun is setting because every crystal is a prism. Right. And so we're like, even that turned out perfect. Yeah. So it can blend. You don't have to let go of who you are, but it's the spirit, the same element in her that's in me that we focus on the most. So we can have different tastes, but even that can come together. You know, Vincent, this is reminding me so much of our first conversation a few months ago on this podcast, is that you were talking about when we see the, the, that spirit, that source energy in another person, it's like we can't help but accept love honor and there's where the harmony is right absolutely and the peace you can't help but do that because it's what you're made of and so it's very recognizable and the love the love that you feel You know, when I come into this house and I see her looking around and enjoying it and seeing, oh, wow, that's beautiful. It just wells up inside of me, you know, that she is enjoying that so much. You know, it's what we really want from each other. And the proof of that, Christy, unfortunately, is the way most people or a lot of people, not most, have been acting when they're not getting that. When you see the lashing out, it's because they're so deprived of that feeling we're talking about. It hurts them so much not to feel loved and lovable. Because when you know you're lovable, you feel other people's acceptance of you and attendance of you. It's the Cain and Abel story, and that's the reason why that story was written in the Bible. Really? Yes. All the stories in the Bible are metaphysical meanings for us to understand who we are. So here we've got Cain and Abel, the children of Adam and Eve. At that point in the Bible, and metaphysically, Adam and Eve represents God, source, because God is both masculine, feminine, father, mother. So together, that is God represented. Now, when you feel and you are connected to that God source, you feel lovable, you feel loved, you feel attended to, you feel cared for, you feel loving, you feel kind, you feel like Adam. I'm sorry, Abel. Okay. When you're disconnected from that source, you feel abandoned, you feel neglected, you feel resentful, you feel angry, you feel enraged, you feel like Cain. And you can become so enraged, so disconnected that the cane in you can overtake and kill the able in you. And so now you're walking around 
not believing you're lovable, not knowing anybody cares, thinking that you're the only one who can take care of yourself because nobody else will. Now, have we heard that recently in the past four or five years that things have been going on, especially here in the United States or anywhere else in the world? Yeah, I think so. Right. Any of our enemies, the United States enemies, be it Osama bin Laden or any of them, Al Qaeda now and all of them, they say the exact same thing. We're hypocrites. We don't care about anybody except those that give us money. What are they saying? What is the child within them saying? You don't love me. You don't care about me. And I don't care about you. And so that hurt can be so come so strong. If Cain was capable of killing his own brother because of the lack of feeling love, Abel didn't even do anything. Mm -hmm. That's the point. The point is that's how strong the lack of love can hurt you and what you're willing to do when you feel that. So now think of a couple who they've got wedding day and they feel that love and now it's getting tainted. Now they can hurt, kill, damage, say the horrible things out of their mouths. And you sit there and wonder, how could you say something like that to a person you love? And we even come up with sayings, you always hurt the one you love. That's the most ridiculous saying that we've accepted. Why? Because of the lack of feeling loved. You can even kill your own children when you feel that lack of love. So disharmony within is, causes all the sins of the world today. It's as simple as that and as deep as that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I feel that this is rampant in our country these days, that you know, these ones, these ones do not love the others because they don't love themselves. That, That's right. This one they, is wrong. This, yes. Right? They think it's political. They think it's because you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're black, you're white. It actually has nothing to do with that. Absolutely. It has to do with we're a family and you don't love me. That's exactly the whole reason why society broke apart to start with was because of that. It fell apart. We were one big giant family helping each other, loving each other. Right. The children at 12 and 13 years old, they would have the babies and the rest of the community would take care of them because we felt mostly connected to the God source. Then the beginning of the Bible actually is the beginning of the new generation here on the earth. When we first separated from God, which is what the loss of the garden of Eden tells about. There was a whole other civilization here before then. Okay. That's Lemuria, Atlantis. They were here before then. And we keep trying to get it right. But so we're talking about a long period of time where we were off the path this way. So it's, we've come to accept it as being normal because of that. We've come to accept it as being human while well, you're only human no, we were spirits way before we were humans, and we're accepting a little bit too much, including our own self-denigration and self-loathing. Mm -hmm. We've accepted that. We have. We've we've codified it. We've we've um, subsidized. We standardized it. But totally. We come out with sayings for it, you know, um, and, and in, in order to accept that rather than stopping, the couple relationship is so reflective of what we need to take care of individually. Like I said in the very beginning of this interview, it's the most natural thing. Relationship is falling apart, has been breaking apart for the longest time. That is an indication that something has got to be deeply wrong with each individual if you can't even make the most natural thing work true true okay now i've got a question for you oh gosh okay go ahead i'm worried about this one <laughs> i promise it's not a stumper so you okay. were talking earlier about how you and eileen eileen 
Eileen would read together, self-improve together, watch movies, etc. What are your favorite books, movies? Um, oh, so many, so many to oh, actually so name. There are so many. I actually have a, on my website, on the resource tab, Christy, if people go to it, vincentjenna.com, mm -hmm. they'll see so many of the books and even movies that I recommend. But mm -hmm. it, it could be different for anybody. But, um, oh gosh, that's off of the top of my head. Uh, okay. Um, no, I, I can't name anything off the top. I can't even think of one title because there are so many and because I'm 66 and have a bad memory. Um, <laughs> well, maybe that was a stumper. Yes. Well, well, uh, there's so many self-improvement books and, and spiritual books that I would rec highly recommend um, to go through. And even something simple like The Four Agreements, right? It's, oh, it's a simple beautiful. book with only four understandings. There's a fifth and there's a sixth after that. But, but even something like that is very positive to go through. I happen to like, and my wife like, Conversations with God um, or some of his later ones. Um, Today's God by Neil Donald Walsh is another one that's really good. Um, you Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Um, um, as, as far as, yeah, movies, movies, if, if well, this is a good one because it talks both about relationship and the afterlife. It's what dreams may come with Robin Williams and um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Fabulous, fabulous story about uh, us and the afterlife and relationships and wh why we come back and keep doing it over and over again. Um, so many love movies. Holy cow. Um, Gosh, I don't know. That was that's definitely one of those those questions because uh, after I know after I leave, I'm going to go. Oh, there was this one, this one, this one, this one. Uh, they're such they're so they're so powerful, especially today because there's there is a need. You will see the most inspiring movies coming out and getting stronger and stronger because the need is getting stronger and stronger. Yes. And the spirit within us, as well as the universe and the rest of those guides and and spirit itself and angels, whatever, they're going to do everything they can to inspire us to remember who we are. So you'll see these movies getting stronger and stronger about um, really understanding and growing. Um, well, I would say that any yeah. book or movie that you feel speaks to you, that addresses your humanity, that makes you feel like a, uh, wanting to be a better person, that, wants to, that inspires growth in you is going to be a good movie for you. Even Absolutely. Like the Matrix or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what you should do because what's inspiring when I turn around and say, oh my gosh, it was the most amazing movie. And there was just recent ones too. And, um, which is great. Now, okay. So here's one. This was interesting. This is, but this is for somebody who's more advanced. Okay. I just recently rediscovered the television series Merlin. All right, it's on Netflix. Oh I, had, I saw that years ago. But what happened this time when I saw it, I went, oh my gosh, this entire, the whole story of King Arthur, Camelot, and Merlin, as well as Guinevere, was an entire metaphysical message for us, which is amazing. And it's about, well... I'm going to go more contemporary now because it just, they just reminded me of one of actually, thank you. My, <laughs> most, my most favorite movie and you may laugh is the Lion King. And I'll I tell you why. seen it. Walt Disney, <laughs> I know as a fact, was a very spiritual person. Yes. He purposely chose stories that he knew he needed to get moralistic stories because the children, he wanted the children to come see them. So let's give them lessons. So he chose stories that he knew would have moral values for the children. But that wasn't the only thing. He also knew that the adults 
will be bringing the children to the movies. So he chose those stories he knew were inspired because there was a metaphysical message for the adults. The Lion King uh-huh. is all about our relationship with the God source, okay, and life and who we are. It's a movie telling us who we are. And so when I give the background and the metaphysical meanings of each of the characters, then people go and watch the movie and they go, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yes, please. All right. So on me. Mufasa, very simply put, he's the king. He represents God. Okay, represents God. God has a child, Simba. Simba represents all of us. Okay, now, if you recall the story, Simba, as he's growing up, is rambunctious, just like a child, and he wants to learn more than what he's ready to handle. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden wanting to eat the apple of that fruit tree, right? The child within them was so curious about the knowledge that they could know, just like Simba. All right. So Simba, because of that, gets caught up in what Mufasa's brother Scar, who represents everything negative in life, or that demon or serpent, from the Garden of Eden, what we can get caught up listening to. But it's not an outside source because every one of the characters in this movie, as well as many other movies, are different sides of us. Right. Okay? So now you've got Simba as a child listening to Scar, and because of that, he loses God. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mufasa dies so that represents our first separation and the separation came because we got so caught up in the physicality of the world and the joys and the pleasures here even though they were more harmful. So now Simba goes off and runs away because he feels so guilty and he stays separate and he leaves Pride Rock where there's all balance and harmony. Now everything goes out of balance and out of whack. Now as Simba grows up, right, he meets another two characters that teaches him Hakuna Matata, just live for the now and enjoy yourself and forget about all the worries. Don't have any worries, just have fun. So he goes along with that, and, he's, and he goes along with the pleasures of life, right? And he goes and he eats anything that he wants to. He does anything he wants to. Just like us, we get so caught up in getting a job and earning money and buying a new house and all these sports cars, right? So we get caught up with that. However, however, if you watch it, you see that Simba still becomes unsettled. He's unsettled, and he's still questioning, and he's still wondering. And because he's wandering and wondering, all of a sudden, Rafiki, who represents his internal conscience and soul, catches up to him and tells him, your father is still alive. But before Rafiki catches up to him, Nala catches up to him, which is his intuition. A female in in any of these stories represents your intuition. So now Simba's intuition is telling him Pride Rock is all out of balance. You're supposed to come home and be a king. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. But then the physical side, his physical brain is saying, well, forget it. I'm not going. I'm not going back there again. And there's an argument between the two and the intuition shuts off and leaves. But because he was still questioning that highest spirit in him, which is represented by Rafiki, Rafiki actually represents the Holy Spirit in Christianity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And what did they say? When we ate of the apple and left the Garden of Eden, we lost the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit is, is our direct connection. So that's what Rafiki represents, the go between God and us, right? The King and us. And what does Rafiki teach Simba. The most important scene is when Rafiki meets him and shows him his reflection in the pool of water and tells him, 
Your father is within you. He's you. Now, all of a sudden, Simba sees his father as him. And then the spirit of God comes in and turns around and tells Simba, you have forgotten me because you have forgotten who you are. So here is the king telling the son, you're the king. You're the king, and you must remember who you are and take your rightful place in order for life to balance out. So it's not that God is telling his children, you must honor me. Mufasa is telling his son, you must honor yourself. Yeah. Because you're the king. And the moment Simba does that, he goes back, he takes over, he destroys all the negative, he takes, Scar dies, all that, that negative um, stuff, distracting stuff dies off, and now all of a sudden Pride Rock comes back into balance again. It's one of the most beautiful movies that I love, and Star Wars is a an adult version of the same story. It's the Cain and Abel story. Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Cain and Abel. George Lucas was very metaphysical. I always had that feeling. And then I found out by somebody who knew him personally that I was right. Right. Star Trek 2. Star Trek 2. They're all about these stories about who we are and our relationship with the Force so, yes, those movies that help to remind us who we are, I love the most. Those are wonderful. Vincent, thank you so much for enlightening me on that. <laughs> Go watch that. Go rent it and watch the movie now in that way, and I bet you you'll see it has a total different meaning inside of you. You'll get goosebumps on top of your goosebumps. Oh, that would be a wonderful date movie. Yes, it is. <laughs> right? Wonderful date movie. Well, thank you, Vincent, so much for sitting down and talking to me about relationship harmony. You always bring, you always bring it, right? You oh, bring the, <laughs> that's because I talk so much. <laughs> well, and you do it very well. I would love to have you back any time. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you, Christy, for having me. It's always a delight and an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.